we're looking at Jesus once again, on, on what Jesus has to say about what really real life. We're back in the book of Luke, and so here, here's what we saw last week, that Jesus is powerful, yet he's compassionate. Right? We said last week, we've, we've met some people in life that are really powerful, but they're really harsh to people. Right? If you think about a king who's really mean, like he's got some power and he can do some things, but he has no compassion on his people, so his people don't like him. When he dies, they're like, yeah, praise the Lord, this, this evil guy's gone. But when you get somebody who's got a lot of power but actually loves people, man, it's totally different. He can do really good things with his power because he has, he has love, and this is who we're finding out that Jesus is. But, but here's, here's what we're also finding out about Jesus. Check this out. That he not only desires us to live in a certain way and our hearts be in a certain way, but he demands it. Hmm. I heard that. That he not only desires it, but he demands it. But here's a really cool thing. If Jesus is a powerful king, but a compassionate king, then what he wants from us is actually good. And it's good to follow, and it's okay. And so here's what we have to realize. We have to realize who we are, who he is, and, and really that's tonight's, that's tonight's passage. We get to actually see who Jesus is. So everybody turn to Luke chapter 7. We're going to finish chapter 7 tonight. Luke chapter 7, we're going to be in verse 36. Here's what we're going to see like, as you guys are turning. It's also on you version if you hadn't already figured that out. We see a picture of two people. All right, Both people know Jesus. One person thinks he's too good for Jesus. He's like, little, like, I don't need Jesus. I'm really skeptical about who you are, about what you're doing. Here's who I am. And then you see this woman who loves Jesus. She's thankful for Jesus. She's weeping in front of Jesus. Specifically, we see someone who sees Jesus and then compares themselves to Jesus and, and realizes, okay, I, I can't do this. Right? They see the separation that their sin has caused and, 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 and they get who Jesus is finally. And so here's what I want you to do tonight. I want you to maybe find the same thing in your heart tonight. Don't let this just be another rock night where we come and have fun and we, like, we hear what the Bible says and then like, we go to small groups and then we go home and it's just over. I, I, want this, I, want you to, I want you to realize the great beauty that Jesus is. Not that it's just like some picture on a wall. Not that it's just like some old book, but that Jesus is actually real and he actually cares about you. And I want you to, we're going to pray in just a second that the Holy Spirit would actually work in your heart and help you to see that. And so here's the point that, that DJ John is going to throw up on the screen, and, it, and it's this. Realizing who Jesus is and his forgiveness drives us to love. If you're taking notes, here, I want you to write that down, or in your phone or whatever. Realizing who Jesus is and his forgiveness drives us to love. A couple of questions that we're going to answer tonight. Do I realize who Jesus is? Do I actually get who Jesus is? And then do I feel like I'm forgiven by him? As Christians, we are forgiven. Do I actually feel like I'm forgiven of my sins? And if not, maybe, maybe why not? So, so here's where we're at. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. We're just going to take this one chunk of the story, and I want us to dive a little bit tonight. I want you to connect with some of the characters in here. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Y'all ready? Let's do it. It says, one of the Pharisees asked him, Jesus, to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Okay, he just kind of chilled. He's, he's sitting there, he's eating. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. 
And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and she wiped them with her hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Verse 39, now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, he said to himself, not out loud, if this man were a prophet, he would have actually known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered something to him and said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, say it, teacher. Verse 41, a certain moneylender who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii, and the other 50. And when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both of them. Now, let me ask you, now which of them will love him more? And Simon answered, well, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Here's where it takes a point. Verse 44, and then turning toward the woman, he said, Simon, do you see this woman? Simon's probably like, yes, she's in my, in my house. I, I get that part. It said, Jesus said, I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, but, but from the time that I came in, she's not ceased kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, get this. Here's what Tanya read. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your grace, your mercy, all that you are, God. Lord, we just ask tonight as, as we work through your word, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear. God, open our hearts and help us understand. Help us understand how this like is, is lived out in our lives. Help us understand how we connect this to, to our real life, God. God, we ask that you would, would be with us tonight, that you would comfort us with your peace, that you would help us to see that there's forgiveness in you. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and in your name we pray. Amen. So, hey, look, the story is super simple, right? Let's talk it out just a little bit. Jesus is a big deal right now. This Pharisee who is kind of a big deal at the time, but he's a religious leader. The Pharisees are known for being really harsh about all their rules and all their laws. And so the Pharisee's like, hey, Jesus, why don't you come, like, come eat at the table? Let's, let's, let me have you over. I want to check you out a little bit. I want to see if you are actually who you say you are. And so they're eating dinner. They're sitting down. They're, 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 they're all together at the table, a bunch of Pharisees and Jesus. And in runs this woman. She's frantic. She's weeping. She's, it seems like she's totally out of control. And, and she starts doing these crazy things like crying on Jesus' feet. So this whole like reclining thing is, is a little bit weird. I, I don't know how, I'm not going to lay on the floor. But like to, to recline at the table, think if I was laying on the floor, like you would lay like you would on a pool float. It's totally crazy. When I was like working through the sermon stuff, I'm like, Man, that's a wild way to eat. I don't know if it helps the digestive system. I don't, I'm not really sure what it does. But really, they were laying like that. And so you can picture the woman at Jesus' feet. She's crying on his feet. She's crying at his feet. She's using her hair to clean his feet, his dirty, nasty feet. Right? They didn't have, like, <laughs> Yeezys back then. They were, they were barefoot, barefoot or, or, or maybe like the sandals that we call Jesus sandals. And his feet would have been disgusting, but she is wiping his feet with her tears. And, he, and she pours ointment on it. So as, as she's doing all of this, the Pharisees are looking, and this one Pharisee named Simon says, like, he, he thinks to himself, and he says, if you were actually the Son of God, if you were really the Messiah, you would, you would tell her to get off of you. 
You would, you would get away from her because she's a sinner. And us righteous people, we don't deal with sinners. What are, I know you're not who you say you are because you're letting this happen. And so Jesus tells a story about this, this, these two people owing debts. And ultimately the story, Jesus says, like, Simon, you, you can tell that you're not forgiven because like, you're not showing love. But this woman right here, she's committed a lot of sins, but she's forgiven. Why? Because of her faith. And now this faith has caused her to love me. The story is really simple, but, but here's what it does. It, it teaches us two things about real life with Jesus. Sometimes we come to church and we're in like all this stuff that seems like super head knowledge, doesn't it? It's okay. I won't tell Stephen. But man, this, this, this passage actually teaches us about real life. Because if I had to guess, some of you feel like you're not forgiven by Jesus. And that may be because you're not following Jesus. I mean, that, that, I mean like, that, that's probably, that may be part of it for you. But maybe it's, hey, look, I, I, I'm good with Jesus. I, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm broken, but I, I've done this, and I feel like I, I can't get forgiven. I've tried, and I've asked him for forgiveness, and I don't feel peace. Here's, here's the first truth. Two truths about real life with Jesus. The first one is this. Who Jesus is should bring us humility. Who Jesus is, when we recognize who he is, it should humble us. What's another word for humble? You guys got one? Say it out. Come on. Humble. Gentle. Okay. Kind. Okay. What else? Down to earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you kind of get it. Lowly is another word. When we think of the word king, do we think of humble and lowly? Do we think about a king like that? No, a king is high and exalted. He's proud. And so this king Jesus, though, is, is one of humility. He teaches us what it's like to be. He was sitting in heaven on his throne and he came down to earth as a man. He knows what humility is about. And he's, that's what he's called us to. So back to the story. As dinner is happening, this woman comes in weeping. And, and we're not told why she's weeping, are we? It never says the woman was weeping because of this. She just comes in. She sees that Jesus is eating dinner here. And she just starts crying. Why is she crying? Here's what we are told. We're told that she's a woman of the city. I mean, she's a prostitute. That means she sells her body for money. She's committed sexual sin. And she is ashamed because she knows who Jesus is. And so as I was reading, there was this one guy, he said that like though she's weeping and she's sad and, she's, and she feels very humbled by the presence of Jesus because of her sin, she also is crying maybe because of joy. Because she knows what Jesus brings. He brings freedom. And he brings hope. And get this, he brings forgiveness. And so she rolls in there and she's crying and she's weeping. She's made many mistakes, it says. And the thought of who she is when she thinks of Jesus brings her to her knees weeping. That's the outcome of our sin. You want to talk about real life? That's the outcome of our sin. Weeping. And like you know that. And I know that. Now look, you, you may not be in like the sexual sin category or whatever, but like you've got your sin. And like if you're a follower of Jesus, when you poke that button, whatever that sin button is for you, you feel that. That's where, this, that's, that's where she is. You see, here's the truth. Man, this world tries to teach us that we should do whatever feels best. This world teaches us that, that, that we, we should do whatever our desires tell us to do, that there are no consequences. But this woman's reaction in the presence of Jesus is a picture of what following our desires leads to, weeping. 
brokenness, discontentment, sadness, weeping shame. So here's my hope for you guys tonight, that you won't fall into the trap of this. That you won't fall into the trap to think that, man, I can do what I want. I've been there. <laughs> These leaders have been there. And hey, look, here's a tr- like, you've been there. You've followed that road maybe one time and you realize, man, this ain't it. I hate that I had to go all this way down this road to figure out that this wasn't it. The things that, that bring quick pleasure now hold consequences for a long time. The woman lowers herself because she is at the end of herself. She has nowhere else to go. She's crying at the feet of Jesus, cleaning his feet with her hair. She anoints or pours out ointment on Jesus' feet. This, this would have been expensive, probably using the money she made from prostitution. The way this woman feels is real. Her, her response shows us what our res- response should be. We, we should be broken for our sin. Whatever that, whatever that is for you. Because Jesus is worth it. We should bow at the feet of Jesus. So here's a question. Are, are you broken for your sin? Do you see yourself as unworthy before Jesus? Because the truth is, Jesus doesn't want us to clean up our lives to come to him. Jesus says, you come on and I'll clean your life up for you. The way this woman is acting is completely opposite from the Pharisee. Though, Look, look back at verse 39. Look at your Bible. Look at your Bible at verse 39. Remember when she came in, she's doing all these crazy things that seem, and here's, here's what he says. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself in his mind, mumbled under his breath maybe, if this man were a prophet, Jesus, if, if Jesus were actually a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. See, he's cold towards the broken woman. This is a religious leader, a.k.a. pastor or preacher of their day. What? He's saying if Jesus were really a prophet, he would stay away from her. He would kick her out of the house. He would, he would tell her to get away from our table. We don't want you here. Righteous people don't like us don't, don't spend time with people like you. But we know that's not who Jesus is, don't we? I mean, we've, we're just in chapter 7 and we figured that out. Remember Jesus in, in this book is creating a divide between the religious leaders who say, hey, I've got it all going on, and the people who say, Jesus, I don't have it going on. I need your help. The Pharisee is harsh towards the woman because he doesn't recognize his own sin. Y'all check this out. He is being harsh towards her because he doesn't recognize his own sin. He thinks he's good in the eyes of God, but he's not. And this is his heart living that out. So he, he has it going on and that's all that matters. Uh, Hayden the other day in, 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 in Bible study pointed, re- reminded me of the, the speck in the log. You guys remember that? Jesus was saying like, you're trying to fix people who got a speck in their eye, but bro, you got a log in your eye. That's what he's telling this woman, basically. He's saying, you're criticizing her, man. Like, you're putting on a show. Ultimately, his opinion of Jesus is this. You can't really be God. You can't really be the Messiah because you're not treating people like we treat people. Nor does he recognize the worth of Jesus. And so Jesus points that out. Look at verse 44. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she's not ceased kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. 
Just like Jesus knows the truth about the, the Pharisee, he knows the truth about you. He knows the truth about me. He knows your struggles. He knows where your heart is. The Pharisee didn't say this out loud. He was thinking it in his mind and Jesus responded to it. And if we truly believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he is still that, he knows what's going on in your mind and in your heart, even right now. So are you like the Pharisee or, or, or the woman? Realizing your own brokenness or harsh with others because you don't recognize the worth of Jesus. The point is this, realizing who Jesus is, the forgiveness that he brings, drives us to love even the broken. You see, this woman loved Jesus. That's why she was there. The religious leader loved self. And that's why he's acting the way. So where are we at? The first truth, who Jesus is should bring humility. The second thing is this, the forgiveness from Jesus brings love and peace. Forgiveness from Jesus brings love and peace. Jesus, knowing the heart of the Pharisee and reading his mind, he answered him. The Pharisee's unspoken question by a parable. And so you guys remember what he was saying, the moneylender? Let's just read it really quick. Look at verse 41. It says, a certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, which is basically 20 months of pay. It's almost two years worth of money this guy owes, okay? One owed 500 denarii and the other 50, which is basically two months worth of wage. And when they could not pay, neither of them could pay their debt, he canceled the debt of them both. I'm like, man, how do I get my mortgage there? And now it says, now which of them will love him more? And Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus says, yeah, man, like you, you, you got it. Here's the point of what Jesus is saying. Neither of them could pay their debt. One certainly was larger and one was smaller, but this, this, this money giver, the money guy, forgave both of them. The point of Jesus' parable is that someone who has been forgiven of a lot will live that gratitude out in their life. Those who have been forgiven of little will not. The truth is this, that we all owe a debt that we couldn't pay. It's not this, hey, look, my testimony's not huge and I've just been like forgiven of these little things or my, my testimony's massive and it's been a life and, and death complete different change. No, no, no. What Jesus is saying is that if you have been forgiven, then you will live it out. And so as he's saying this, I can only imagine the Pharisee saying, okay, I say that I've been forgiven by Jesus of my sins, yet I am still living this way. And so that's the question, are, are you... Do you claim to be a Christian and are living like this Pharisee? Acting like you got it all together while pointing other people's flaws out, while being harsh towards other people. Right, what Jesus is doing is condemning the Pharisee for being a judgment, having judgmental attitude towards the sin of the woman and also showing, here's what he's also shown, and here's, here's why it's helpful today, that there is no sin. Everybody look at me in the eyes. There is no sin and no sins that Jesus can't forgive. There's nothing that you can do that Jesus won't forgive if you come to him in faith. That's real life. Look at verses 47 and 50 again. That's what Tanya read again. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many. Jesus is like, look, look, look. this ain't no one thing. Her sins are many. Well, they're forgiven, for she loved much. They're not forgiven because she, she was like, she, she loved well. No, she's forgiven. And a result of that is loving. 
but he who is forgiven little lives, loves much. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this that even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Jesus forgives the women, the woman of her many sins because she had faith in Jesus. That faith was characterized by a knowledge of who Jesus was. The woman knew who Jesus was and, and she sought him. She went after him broken hearted. The faith of the woman is what saved her. She was sinful. Specifically, she had given away herself. She was living and ashamed. And so here's a question. Are you looking for forgiveness? Are you looking for hope in the brokenness that you've created in your own life? Right, this is real stuff. And if it's not... If it's not right now for you, it will be. But my guess is you've got something that's there. And Jesus offers hope in that. Jesus forgives the woman of her sin because of her faith and he sends her away in peace. The woman came in a, a, a wreck, a mess. She humbled herself. She gave all that she was to Jesus. She leaves though in peace. That's exactly what it says. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Woman who is broken, weeping at my feet, you can leave in peace now because I've forgiven you. That's what Jesus does when he changes our hearts. He gives us peace. So here's the takeaway. It's on the screen. It's on your phone. You should be broken over your sin. You should be broken over your sin. And if you're not, then you have to call into your question. You have to call into question your faith. That's what Jesus is doing with the religious leader and the woman. You can see that she's broken for her sin because she knows who Jesus is and she cares about that. The religious leader is not. He's cold. He doesn't care. But then also don't condemn other people for their sins. Our forgiveness should lead to our, our, our loving others. Right, this shows where our hearts are at. If we are hateful to people, if we are judgmental to other people and not compassionate like Jesus, it shows where our hearts are, that they're not with Jesus. Last thing is this, that, that we can find forgiveness in Jesus. Right, tonight, there may be one thing in your heart and in your mind that you're thinking like, I really need to ask Jesus for forgiveness for this. I claim to be a follower of Jesus and, and, and I need him to forgive me of this so I can leave the rock in peace tonight. That's what I want you to do tonight. We're fixing to pray together and if, if there is that one thing that you need forgiveness for, I want, you to, I want you to ask the Lord to relieve that burden on your heart. But then maybe tonight you, you've never believed in Jesus in general, Period. Your life shows it. Your heart shows it. The fact that you feel this discontentment of, of having no forgiveness shows it. I want you to trust in him tonight. Like the woman, I want, you to, I want you to fall at the feet of Jesus with a broken heart saying, Jesus, I've tried everything else in this world. I've got, I've got nothing else to try except you. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your grace, your mercy, all that you are. Lord, tonight, would you help us to see this for, that there's forgiveness in your heart? Or even a sinner like me, God. God, we don't deserve you. We don't deserve what you've done through Christ. We don't deserve, we don't deserve any of it. We deserve wrath, Lord. We, we deserve your judgment, but God, you have freely forgiven us through Jesus Christ. And so God, for the Christians in here, I pray that we would take hold of that and that we would live that out in our hearts, God. For those of us that are not Christians in here, God, would you help us to find forgiveness for the first time in you? God, we bring our sins to you and we ask you to forgive them. We ask that you would redeem our hearts, Lord.
God, we love you. We praise you. And in your name we pray. Amen.